Well, I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying this Sunday with all of the, the participation and all the generations that have been involved, and it's really fun to watch a video of just people, young and old, people that have been here for a short time, people who have been here for a long time, who all join together as this body of Christ, as this church. And we're a part of something even bigger than what we're doing here this morning. I want, to, I want us to understand that. We've talked about that over the last few weeks. And, and so today, I, I'm just excited. I think this has been a, a great time to worship together. I hope you've felt the Spirit of the Lord um, moving among us. But today, we're, we're going to talk about the third part of our vision, and that's the forward part. And so, so I just, I just want to start by saying um, thank you to Pastor Adam, by the way. One of the things I love about Pastor Adam is that he really encourages getting our younger people involved in worship. And he's worked with the teen band and all that stuff. So I just want to say thank you for that, Adam. You do a great job of that. And let's just go ahead and do more clapping. Can you clap for all of the people that participated up here this morning? There were some new people. And, and so the vision we're moving forward with is upward, outward, and forward. And two weeks ago, we talked about upward, the idea that, that we are all called to grow in our faith, that our desire is that every single person that walks in the doors of this church, whether they know Jesus or whether they've been following Jesus for 60 years, will continue to grow in their faith. That's the upward part, that we are to grow upward in our faith. Last week, we talked about the outward part, that as we grow upward, we are to go out. We are to serve. We are to reach our community, that, that what we're doing is not just coming together and, and having a country club experience, but that we are called to build the kingdom of God together by going out and serving others and reaching our community. Today, I want to talk about the forward part. And I think this is a part that is so important, and, and I, I'm just going to be honest with you, I think way too often the church misses this part. This is so important to our church, and so we're going to talk about forward. One of the things I love about this church, since I came here, um, I, I've been here about 10 years, maybe closer to 11, and one of the things that I love about this church is that we are all about intergenerational ministry. We are all about being a family together. It's not about what one person wants or one generation wants or another one, but we believe that we are called to be the body of Christ together, young and old. And you've seen a picture of that today. You saw a picture of that in the video. And, and so we are called to be a family together. I've noticed in today's culture, there, there's a few different kinds of, uh, of churches or a few different tendencies that churches to tend to have. One of them is that, that some churches get caught up more in the past than in the future. Church becomes to some people about what we used to do and what we're doing now with, without thinking about what the future of the church holds. And so for, for some churches, it, it's, it's like, there's some churches that you can walk into and it's kind of like walking into a time machine because they're, they're still focused on the past. And then I've noticed that, that there's a tendency in some churches 
to only look toward the future, to abandon the past, to forget about what's happened before, and just to, just to do our new thing, the new way we do it. There's a third thing, and that's where I believe we're at. And that's that we believe that the kingdom of God is bigger than one age group, or one generation, or one style of worship, or one way of doing church, we believe the kingdom is for all of us. And I love this about Westchester Church. See, if we're going to grow upward together, we talked about this the first week, it's a team thing. It's not a few of us. It's not a certain generation. It's not a certain spirituality level that you're then supposed to lead. Upward is a together thing. If we're going to reach our community, we've got to do that together. And, and, and I really believe, this is so important, that if we are going to grow, and if we are going to be the people that God calls us to be in the church that God calls us to be, we need to be thinking about the future. We need to be investing in the future. So, so the first week we were in Ephesians, and, and we were talking about the body of Christ and building the body, and this is a metaphor I want to work on a little bit today. We, in the church, we talk a lot in Scripture, it talks a lot about building the body of Christ. And I think a lot of times, when, when we're talking about the body of Christ and building the body, we have a now, a present time mentality of what that looks like. And we think building the body is all of us working together to be the best that we can to grow spiritually. That's a part of it. But I think there's more to building the body than just the here and now. And, and okay, I, 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 I shouldn't do this, but I have a body, okay? Here it is. This is my body. And believe it or not, I tend to have moments where I want to to build my body, to get stronger or to get skinnier. These days it's more to get skinnier than it is to get stronger. But I think a lot about my body and building it and being healthy and doing the right things. And, and part of the body is being strong and healthy now. But sometimes, sometimes we can miss the mark and we think it's about now. And sometimes we can sacrifice the future in order for the now with our body. They're all, listen, I, I need to lose a little bit of weight. I know that. And, and there are ways that I can do that. There are all sorts of things out there. There are pills you can take that will help you lose weight. But they may not be the best thing for you in the future. There are pills I could take. There are things I could do that would make me stronger and make my body look better right now. But they may not be the best thing for me in the future. And so one of the things we think about with the body is the here and now, but, but sometimes we forget about the future, and it's like this in the church. I think sometimes we talk about building the body and getting this strong church and, and growing, and we're going to grow, we're going to reach people, we're going to love each other, we're going to do all these things. But part of growing is looking forward. Part of growing is thinking about the future. A big part of building the body of Christ is investing in the future of that body through younger generations. Let me say that again. This is important. A big part of building the body of Christ is investing in future generations, and we're going to see that in the text today. 
If we're not investing in the future, we can be as strong as we want right now, and we can go out and we can serve and we can reach all that we want, but if we're not investing in our future, it won't last. And, and we won't end up being what we're supposed to be. And so the best way to build the body is to look towards the future. Listen, this church is just a little bit over 60 years old. I think it's 61 or 62. I should know that. But somewhere in there, 62. Thank you, Jackie. 62 years old. And last summer, we heard a statistic um, from one of the general superintendents. That's kind of like the highest up in the church of the Nazarene. And we heard a statistic from them that churches tend to struggle when they hit 60 years old. Because they've had one identity, and they've, they've had these golden years, but then 60-year mark comes, and all of a sudden, the churches sometimes tend to start thinking about the past and thinking about the way they've done things, and they don't realize that there's got to be a future. And so what we've seen in churches is that this 60-year mark is kind of a, a make-or-break time. And you either invest in your future and look forward, or you start to look backwards. And do you know what happens when you start to look backwards? You start to lose the strength and the body that you've built. And so I, I want you to understand that it's important for us to have a healthy church right now. It's important for us to grow spiritually. It's important for us to go serve but it's equally important for us to be investing in the future of this church. Because I believe that God's kingdom is more than a now thing. It's a tomorrow thing. And the next day, and the next day, we are supposed to build the kingdom ongoing. And, and I love seeing young people up here on the platform. And I love seeing young people in the video. And there's a future to this church. And so I want you to, I, I love this church. It's a great place. And I would, I, I'm a pastor. I'm not going to lie to you. I would love for us to grow and be strong right now while I'm here pastoring this church. But you know what I'm more interested in? I'm more interested in us being who God has called us to be and building a church that's going to grow and continue to grow and continue to last and continue to honor God. That's what this is about today, forward. And, and here's the thing. This, this country is full of churches that used to be strong bodies that now are struggling because they didn't look forward. They looked backward or they looked to the present time. There are churches all over our country you can drive around. Huge buildings that were built because the church was strong and the body was strong. But somewhere along the way, we weren't looking forward. And the church, if the body, if we're neglecting the future, if we're all about the now and we're not looking forward, guess what's going to happen? We're going to look backward and we're going to go backwards. And so we've got to look forward. If we neglect to invest in our future, the body can only grow to a certain point. True growth is growth that will last. And so you heard a scripture read in the video. It was, it was Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I'm going to be using that scripture, but I'm actually going to back up to verse 1. And so I'm going to read this with you today. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. I'll read it to you here. These are the commands 
decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, listen to this, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel. And be careful to obey so that it may go well with you in the land. So it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. And then this is what we heard in the video. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. And so this passage, this is Moses speaking to the Israelites. And, and he's trying to prepare them to walk into the promised land. See, God called them out of Egypt. And they've been traveling, and God is taking them somewhere into the promised land. And what Moses is trying to do here is he's trying to prepare God's people to not just succeed when they walk into the land, but to succeed ongoing by following God. To continue to have a thriving relationship with God. And so Moses is talking about the forward piece. He's talking about building the kingdom ongoing as they possess the land. And I know that we're not getting ready to cross the Jordan River. And I know that we are, we're not going into the promised land maybe. But I think we're in a similar place. And that we have to be thinking about the future of the kingdom and our church. And so, so Moses is trying to ensure that they are moving forward, that they're going to live a healthy life, and that their children and their children's children will follow God. And so, so there's a couple things I see here that I think are important for us. There's two big things that, that I want to talk to us today about moving forward. If we are going to invest in the future of our church, there are two things we need to do. The first thing is this. We have to model Christ likeness. The first, listen to me very carefully, the first and best thing that you can do to help future generations and the future of this church is to know Christ and to model what that looks like for those coming after you. We have to model Christ likeness. We have to live it out. Verse 2 and 3 say, obey these teachings so that it will go well for you. Obey these commandments. Follow God so that future generations, your children and your children's children, will know God. And so it starts with obedience and modeling. We have to model. Hey, let's have some fun here. Let's be honest. How many of you in this room think that you could be a model? I, I'm not raising my hand because I think I could be a model. I'm not. No way. I'm going to be honest. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm going to be honest with you. Most of us in here, we're probably not models, are we? <laughs> Most of us weren't blessed with the, you know, the beauty of, uh, of the models that we see on TV. Most of us aren't 
blessed with a physique or whatever. Most of us don't look at ourselves as models, but I want you to understand something important today. You are called to be a model of Christ to the people around you. You may not be a, a, a model that we see on TV. You, you may, some of you are beautiful. That's great. But you may not be a model in the world's standards. But in God's eyes, you are called to be a model to future generations. I got to tell you. I shouldn't, but, but I got to tell you. I've been incredibly blessed by the models of Christ in my life. Incredibly blessed. I had two parents that loved God with their whole hearts. Two parents that lived out these commandments that were great models. No, they weren't on TV. No, they, they didn't look like NFL players or, or, or beauty models, but, but they were the most beautiful models of Christ. And I was blessed growing up to get to see Jesus every day in my house. But further than that, I was blessed to get to see Jesus in my church. I was blessed to get to see Jesus by my youth leaders and my children's leaders. I was blessed to get to see Jesus just by the people. As a, as a pastor's kid, I was at the church all the time. And as a pastor now, I'm at the church all the time. And i got to tell you, there are a lot of people that love Jesus and look like Jesus walking around the church. We are called to do that. And the reason I am where I am today is because of the models of Christ that I had in my life. It starts with modeling Christ for the future generations. This isn't just for people who have kids. This isn't just for people who have grandkids. This isn't just for people who are teachers or pastors or any of that. This is for all of us. We are called to be models of Christ to the people that come after us. And if we will look like Jesus and we will live like Jesus, our future's bright. And so we are called to be models. You know, the first, the first line of teaching, the first line of investing in the future generations is how we live our lives. I was thinking about this. I went to visit a, a brand new baby the other day. Um, a couple in our church had a baby, and I went to visit, and I, and I was just thinking about, I've had four kids now, and I was thinking about those first days of life, and even as I sit around the house and I hang out with my kids, I see them watching. And when you think about a baby laying there, what are they doing? They're looking at you, and what are they doing while they're looking at you? They're learning. They're, they're learning what it looks like to talk. They're learning what it looks like to interact. And our young people, the, the kids coming up, our teens, they're learning from us. They're watching. Sometimes I'm, I'm sitting at home and all of a sudden I just realize that there are eyes watching me. I'd better look like Jesus if I want my kids to know Jesus. And so it starts with modeling Jesus. And so as if we are going 
to have a future, if we are going to move forward, if we are going to have young people that grow up to be Christ-like, guess what it starts with? It starts with us being Jesus. And I'm a little bit concerned for the church these days. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit concerned that the message that we're sending to our young people is that church isn't all of our lives. I'm, I'm a little concerned that we're sending the message that God is a piece of our lives. This scripture doesn't talk about God being a piece of our lives, does it? It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. It says, take these commandments and teach them and walk with them and write them down and bind them to yourself. Do you hear this? This is all about being all in for God. And I'm afraid, I'm not talking about just this congregation, and I'm not talking to any single person, but I'm afraid that we're not modeling an all-in love for Christ, that we're not modeling the life of Jesus for the people coming after us. And, and here's the thing, we can't expect future generations to be all-in if they don't see us being all-in. I was a youth pastor for a lot of years, and I heard a lot of people complain about their kids not being in church and their kids not doing the right things. And way too often, way too often, I saw the example that was being set, and I wanted to say, don't you get it? Your kids aren't going to do something that they don't see from you. We are called to be models of Christ. It says, put these commands, let these commands be on your heart. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Take this to heart. When something is in our heart, we live for it, right? When, when you love something, when you're all in on something, you live for it, right? Whether it's sports, whether it's work, whether, whether it's a hobby that you have, we're all in for it. And Moses says that this should be the central thing in our heart, that our whole heart should be devoted to God. And here's the thing, when our whole heart is fully surrendered to God, we will live it out in everything we do. And you know what? Our, our young people will see it, and they'll notice it, and they'll grow, and the future will be bright. And so if, if we're in this for the long haul, we've got to model Christ. We've got to model Christ. Let me ask you a question. And this isn't just about young people, but for the people around you. What are you modeling? What do they see from you? What kind of faith, what kind of God, what kind of faith do they see in your life? And if the answer to that isn't an all-in, like Jesus faith, we got to get with it. So number one, we've got to model it. Number two... Number two, we have to pass on Christ-likeness any and every way that we can. And there's a few pieces of this, but, but listen to that again. We have to pass on Christ-likeness any and every way that we can. So we can model it, and that's the first most important thing. If we're not modeling it, it's probably not going to happen. But there's more to it. We need to pass it on any and every way that we can. And, and so listen to the text here. It says, 
let, let me get to it real quick. It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And then listen to the language here. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you walk down the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols to your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Do you get the picture of what we're supposed to do here? We're supposed to tell our kids, hey, love Jesus, see you later. No! We're supposed to talk about God. We're supposed to model God. We're supposed to know God. We're supposed to live for God. It's supposed to be what we eat and drink and live and breathe. And so we model it, but we do everything we can to pass it along. We have to give Jesus to our young people. This language isn't passive. This isn't a, hey, just come to church and sing the songs and go to Sunday school and, and, you know, listen to the sermons and then go home and have a good life. This is living for Jesus every single day in every way and taking every opportunity to pass Christ on to the future generations. We have to pass it on every way that we can. And so here's the thing. This means something very important. We have to know each other. And we have to walk with each other in order to pass on our faith, in order to teach. It's not just sitting in a classroom and saying, this is what you should do, and then leaving it alone. It's walking every day. You know what our young people need? It's not just to hear us talk about it. It's to see us do it, and it's for us to walk alongside them and teach them every day what it means to know Christ and to live for Christ. And so, pass it on any way that you can, every way that you can. I'm I'm afraid there's another thing that we've lost in the church, and that's that we've lost our relationships. Way too often we come to church And we say hi and we say bye and we don't really know the people around us. But that's not what God calls us to. God calls us to walk through life together, to live our faith together, to love each other, to pour into each other. And you know what that means? We've got to invest in each other. And if we're going to move forward, we've got to invest in our future. And now I want to take a moment. I know I've been talking. This seems like I've been talking to older generations a lot. That's, I'm talking about all of us. But I want to take a moment and I want to talk to our younger people as well. Because in order for this to happen, guess what needs to happen on your end? You've got to be open and willing to walk through life together with the people that have walked before you. And so that, there has to be an openness that, yes, I'm going to learn from you. Yes, I'm going to walk with you. Yes, I'm going to live my faith with you. We're in this together. And so we're called to model it. We're called to teach it in every way we can. And then there's one more thing that I think I've got to say today. If I didn't say it today, I would be making a huge mistake. And that's this. That the message is far more important than the method. Too often, we get hung up on the method that our kids are going to learn Jesus from. And too often, we miss out on the important thing, which is the message that we're communicating to our young people. 
And so I, I want us to understand this. This is so important. If we're going to look towards the future, if we're going to move forward, we can't be concerned about the method that that happens at the expense of the message that we're communicating. Listen, this, is, this, is gonna be, uh, this might be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. So there's this new thing, right? It may not be too new, but it's newer. Common Core Math. How many of you grew up learning Common Core Math? Okay. And listen, I've got a fifth grader. And he comes home, and I love math. I really do. I, I'm one of those people that loves math. And my fifth grader comes home, and, and he has homework to do. And I say, well, how does your teacher tell you to do it? And he explains it to me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not how you do math. You... No, well, I, don't, I don't want claps on that because I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. And that's not the point. <laughs> that's the opposite of the point. <laughs> Here's the thing. The more important thing for my fifth grader is not the way that he does the math. It's that he knows the math. And I don't care if I learned Common Core or I didn't. And I don't care if it's the right way or the wrong way or whatever. You know what I care about? It's that my fifth grader knows how to do math. And it's the same thing for us in the church. We tend to get hung up on the way that our kids have to grow. The way that future generations need to do church. And we get more caught up in that than the fact that they are in church and that they want to be like Jesus. And you know what? The more important thing is the message, not the method. Because after all, think about what we were talking about last week. It's not about me. It's not about this. It's about this. It's about the kingdom. It's about growing. And so I was thinking about this. I'm a huge sports fan. One of the biggest things that I struggle with, if I'm being honest, as a parent, is that I really love sports. But my kids just don't seem to love sports. I don't know why. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. But I, I mean, I watch sports every single night, and I want my kids to love sports. But you know what? At the end of the day, they, they just don't the way that I do. And I could sit here as a father, and I could try to shove sports down their throat and say, no, you've got to do this. This is the only way for you to grow up. You've got to be like me. You've got to do this. I could shove it down their throats. But you know what? Maybe that's not the path that God has for them. Maybe there's something different. Maybe I need to be a little bit less about me and a little bit more about the kingdom because you know what? I, at the end of the day, I don't care if my kids play sports. I care if they love Jesus. And it doesn't matter if they find it on the sports field. It doesn't matter if they find that in music. It doesn't matter. What matters to me is that my kids know Jesus. And so the method that we use to reach our young people is not as important as the message that they learn from us. The, the biggest thing for us is that future generations know and worship God, not how, not the method, not the way they sing, not the way they learn, but the fact that they know God. And so today we're talking about forward. 
And I love this church. I want to say, I could say it a hundred times. I love this church. I think that the model that we have is the right model. I think the kingdom of God is intergenerational. And I think that, that we're all, when we're all with Jesus in heaven, that it's going to be an intergenerational thing and that we're going to all love each other. And so I think we're on the right track. But I want us to be really focused. I want us to grow spiritually. I want us to reach out into our community to reach new people for Christ and to serve others. But I want us to invest in the future of our church by modeling Jesus, by teaching every way that we can, and by not getting hung up on methods, but by being more hung up on the message and the fruit in our young people's lives. And so we're going to move forward we're going to grow, we're going to serve, but we're going to invest in our young people. The band's coming up. And, and I just want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to be a model for Christ. I want to challenge you to not let church become about this, but for church to be about the kingdom and I believe that the kingdom, and I know that God's kingdom is about not just today, but the future. And I know that God's kingdom is not just going to be filled with the people that have been here for 20 years, but it's going to be filled with the people that are here in 20 years. And I put it in the language of the vision. We have a great past. I am blessed to be where I am because of great leaders and great people that have gone before me. But I want you to know we don't just have a great past. We have a great future. And we're going to do everything we can to pour in to future generations, to be Jesus, to teach them Jesus, to show them Jesus. And so for you, I want to ask you one more time, what are they seeing from you? What kind of model are you? And are they going to know Jesus from the way that we worship and live and carry ourselves every day. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you're with us today. I thank you for the wonderful days that have gone by in our church, and I thank you for the wonderful days we're experiencing right now. I thank you that you're with us and that you're moving and that you're doing amazing things and people are coming to know you and we're serving, and I thank you that, that I believe we are looking like you and we're building your kingdom. Lord, don't let us miss the future. Don't let it become about us, but help us to invest in the future in our young people. Help us to pass on the faith that we have any and every way we can to those coming behind us. We love you, Jesus. Amen.